The Westwinds Breviary is our gift to you during the shelter-in-place order concerning COVID-19. We offer you hope and healing as lovers and followers of Jesus Christ believing these short online liturgies will elevate your spirits and unify your homes. May God bless you richly as you endeavor to renew your mind and love your neighbor. Welcome, everybody. You only love God as much as those you love least, for God lives in them. Thanks for joining us tonight on Vespers in the West Winds Breviary Online. Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 10. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come, and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations should join themselves to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I'll dwell in your midst. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. Now, two terms are really important for us here in order to correctly understand and interpret this piece of the Bible. Number one, nations does not mean countries. Um, the word in, implies people groups. So, you know, we might say African-Americans are one people group. Uh, maybe Anglos are, are from Canada are another people group. The indigenous people of North America and the different bands and tribes to which they belong, those are all different people groups. That, that's what the scripture means by, by nations. It means, it means different tribes and collections of, of people. And God is talking here about the fact that he is going to bring all the nations, many nations, will join themselves to him. So they're going to be attracted to God, they're going to come to God, they're going to join to God. That's the first and arguably the most important part of this image. The other word that's really critical for us to understand here is that God is going to dwell in your midst. Now the word midst means like the space in the middle of us. When you sit down at a family dinner table and there's four of you at a square table, the, the space in the middle, that's the midst. And, and actually it comes from the, the Hebrew practice of sitting, laying down on couches and they would sort of arrange themselves in like a rough U shape. And in the middle of the U, later on that was called the triclinium in Greco-Roman culture, but in the middle of the sort of U shape where people were sitting, that's where people would come and serve food. That's where people would come and entertain them with poetry or stories or songs or whatever. But that's, that's where God is. God is in the midst. So a couple things that we have to understand. First and foremost, if you want to experience God, you've got to have a, a midst. You've you got to have a place that's in between you and other people, which means you've got to gather other people. It means you've got to welcome other people if you want to welcome God. And that's what I think is actually going on here. See, we mistakenly believe that throughout the Bible, God is narrowly focused first on the Israelite people and then specifically on just those few Jews and Gentiles who initially started to follow Jesus. But God's plan from the very beginning has been to restore, to redeem, and to save all of humanity. All of it. All of it. There's no single person on earth that is God's natural enemy. There's no single people group on earth. There's no ethnicity. There's no uh, national identity. There, there's nobody that God sits there and goes, nah, yeah, I don't really want you to be involved. No, God is drawing all people to himself at all times. And you and I, as the people of God, made in the image and likeness of God, we ought to be welcoming others too. If you want to welcome God, you must first welcome others because that's what creates the midst and that's where God shows up. And when God shows up, everybody rejoices. If you want to rejoice, you, you got to do your part. How can you be hospitable to God without also being hospitable to your fellow human beings? And, and right now, there's such a lack of hospitality. And so you and I, we're going to be the corrective. 
Our, our community of faith are going to be the people that stand up and say, we are on the side of all people. You know, we're not going to make a dis, uh, disparaging remarks about people that are more cautious than us. And we're not going to look down at people that are more willing to accept restrictions than us. And we're not going to sneer at people who, who, who shy away from restrictions entirely. We're going to look past those things and understand that God is welcoming us together as his people. It's not that God is my person or God is their person. God is not on my side or your side or his side or her side. No, no. I am going to be on the side of God because I am going to welcome other people into my midst and into God's midst. And, and so are you. That's what it means to be the people of God, to be missionaries, to be people cooperating with God to heal the world. That's, that's what it means for us to rejoice. So a couple things real quick. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm so excited to be preaching again. <laughs> you you got to draw a bigger circle around the groups of people that you will accept into your life. That's going to mean getting over some prejudices. That's going to mean getting past a few barriers and divisions. And, and that's on you. If you want to serve God, draw a bigger circle. If you're going to draw a bigger circle, then you're going to have to have a bigger heart. And the only way you're going to, get a, going to have a bigger heart is if more of God's Holy Spirit of grace and peace and generative activity and power gets inside of you. A bigger circle requires a bigger heart, and a bigger heart acknowledges a bigger God. As it's been often said, your God is too small. He loves more people than you do. He embraces more people than you do. And so you and I, as the people of God, we got to continuously level up to be increasingly imitators of God, walking in the steps and, and, and pathway of God to love all our fellow human beings. Because here's the truth. You only love God as much as the person you love the least. I go hungry, I go black 
When I did my master's work at Notre Dame, uh, I had the opportunity to become familiar with the work of a sociologist uh, by the name of Christian Smith. And Christian wrote a book called The Paradox of Giving. And basically this book was a culmination of his research on what truly makes a person generous. And he identified four different qualities uh, that when present in, a, in the life of a person uh, results in consistent uh, generosity. Now the first on that list was uh, financial giving, intentional giving of resources. Uh, that's part of the reason that we uh, take, give an offering at Westwinds uh, every week is because we believe that as followers of Jesus, uh, that everything we have belongs to him, and we believe that financial giving is part of this larger concept of being generous. And so that's one of the reasons we do that uh, as a response, a worshipful response to all that God has done for us. Uh, what has been very interesting to me is, is to pay attention to the other things that were on Christian's list of what makes a person truly generous. Uh, so he also listed volunteering of time. Uh, he listed relational generosity, uh, by which he meant uh, the ability to um, pay attention to someone's emotions, to empathize with someone else, to show care and concern. Uh, and then neighborly generosity. And that was the ability to be generous just with the people who are all around you, the people at your work, uh, the, the, the people who are in, in your neighborhood, just being generous to, to people uh, wherever you were and wherever they are. And now here's what I found to be very interesting about this, uh, was that Christian's research concluded that the people who are the most financially generous, the top thing on the list, always paid attention to the other three areas. In other words, the more you were relationally generous, the more people uh, were generous to their neighbors, the more people were generous with their time, the more that they, get, that they gave. In fact, the increase in giving uh, was always proportioned to people's increase in these other areas. And, and that really challenged me, uh, and in the same way that I'd like to challenge you today, to pay attention to those other areas as well. Absolutely, uh, we want you, if you are part of Westwinds, to give here, to give generously and to give sacrificially. But giving is not the same as being generous. These other areas need our attention as well. So I've started paying attention to these other things. Not only how much am I giving financially, but where am I volunteering my time? What kind of a neighbor am I? Where am I showing empathy and care and concern and compassion to other people? 
And I found that the more that I pay attention to these things, um, the, the, the more encouraged I am to continue to give financially, to con continue to increase the way that I give financially. So my encouragement to you today, as you think about giving, uh, is to stay faithful with your giving to Westwinds, to our church, um, but also to think about generosity in broader terms. How are you treating your neighbors? How are you being generous with your relationships and with your time? Uh, so pay attention to those things as well and, and let God expand your heart in that way. Pray that your love grows and you draw bigger circles to embrace the world for the earth belongs to God and God claims everyone here. Grace and peace, everybody. May the spirit of our Lord fill you, grow you, expand you, and reward you with more of himself.